0: Gracious God and Father, may the words of my mouth and the thoughts of our hearts be acceptable in your sight through the grace, the blood, the salvation earned by Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. So page 9 in your bulletin, the sermon outline. John 8, 32 is a sermon text. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. This verse has been called the most misused or abused verse in the Bible. It is constantly misquoted and misapplied. For example, Mary Baker Eddy, the founder of Christian Science, which is neither Christian nor science, quoted John 8:32 in the front of her book, Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures. Numerous universities, including the University of Portland and the California Institute of Technology have John 832 as their official motto. They still do. It even appears carved in stone at the headquarters of the Central Intelligence Agency in Washington, D.C. John 832 has become a well-worn slogan, but few know what it means or think about what it really means. So let's look at it in context. Verse 31, your gospel reading. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Now, to abide means to dwell. We get our word abode from that dwelling place. Jesus is saying, To make his word your home. It's the place you come back to every day. You return to it every day. To abide in his word means that he, Jesus, is the ultimate authority in your life. For the Christian, there is no higher authority than Jesus Christ. That is to say, if you want to know about creation and human origins, rather than speculate about it, you go to the words of Jesus. He addresses that issue. If you want to know about the sanctity of marriage, you go to Jesus. He defines what marriage is, one man, one woman, for life. If you want to know what happens when you die, you go to Jesus, who said, "'I am the resurrection and the life. "'He who believes in me will live even though he dies.'" and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. To abide in his word means that whatever he says is the gold standard by which you judge what is right and what is wrong, what is true, and what is false. Now verse 32. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, when Jesus speaks about truth, he's not speaking of it in a general or some abstract fashion. He himself is the truth. As he says in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But if Jesus said to you, to you personally, that the truth will set you free, what does that imply about you? It implies that you're not free. It implies that you're a slave. Roman numeral 2. Christ's audience heard verse 32 as an insult. They heard it as an insult. Now, I don't think Jesus meant it as an insult. He's speaking the truth in love to those who had believed in him. They no longer will, by the way. They're going to depart. But they had believed in him. And they're not buying what he says. They feel insulted. It's as if I I came up to you and said, you will know the truth and the truth will make you smart. (laughs) What does that imply? You're not smart. It's as if I walked up to you and said, you will know the truth and the truth will make you honest. I'm implying that you're not honest. You would probably take that as an insult in the same way. When Jesus says, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free, he's implying they are not free people at all. They are slaves, and they feel the insult. Jesus and his Jewish audience are really talking past one another. The Jews think of freedom as liberation from foreign domination, as some sort of external tyranny, tyranny from without. Jesus speaks of freedom as liberation from the dominion of sin. It is a bondage from within. It's internal tyranny. Letter A, Martin Luther defines sin as self-centeredness. And really, when you stop and think about it, that's what sin is. It is, as Luther said, a turning inward on oneself, turning away from others and inward toward oneself. And letter B, that means self, not Caesar, is the most despotic emperor and master of all. The enemy within you is far more dangerous than any enemy outside of you. We say things like, he is his own worst enemy. Well, it's true not only of him. It's true of you and me. It's true of all of us. I have done more damage to myself and to my relationships with others than anyone else has done to me. And I don't think I'm alone. I become my own worst enemy. When I compare myself to others around me, when I I look at what they have and what God has given them compared to what God has given to me or not given to me, I become my own worst enemy when I project my own feelings onto other people and then I blame them for having those feelings. I become my own worst enemy when I carry a grudge and refuse to forgive, conveniently forgetting that if I refuse to forgive others, my Heavenly Father will refuse to forgive me. Some of the greatest regrets I have concern the things I've said and done or left undone rather than anything that someone else has said or done to me. And that's why St. Paul wrote these words in Romans 7, the good that I should do, I don't. The evil I don't want to do, that I keep on doing. That is the kind of bondage that Jesus draws our attention to when he says everyone who commits sin is the slave of sin. But if the Son sets you free... You will be free indeed. Now, our culture defines freedom in a political way. Freedom from despotic rule, freedom from external control. But Jesus would say that our problem is not external, it is internal. Our problem is a heart enslaved to sin or enslaved to self-gratification. Political freedom by itself, as wonderful as that may be, Is still bondage to sin our founding fathers fought for freedom they achieved independence from England but Jesus would say to them political freedom is not enough King George the third is not the most despotic master your own sinful nature is you are still in spiritual bondage for whoever practices sin is slave to sin and that's your real problem Your real problem is not England, it's your own hearts. The civil rights movement began in the 1950s with the Montgomery bus boycott. It continued in the early 60s with the Freedom Riders and they successfully integrated interstate bus service. A historic civil rights bill was signed into law in 1964 and the Voting Rights Act followed on its heels in 1965. Now the people involved in that movement are real American heroes, and they are among my heroes. And yet Jesus would say to all of them, if you do not abide in my word, if you do not know me as the ultimate truth, you're still slaves to your own desires and passions, for whoever practices sin is slave to it. The LGBTQ movement achieved through judicial fiat, the legalization of same-sex marriage in 2015, so that gays and lesbians are free to marry. But Jesus would say to them, as he would say to all of us, if you don't know me, you are not free where it counts. On the inside, you are still in bondage to yourselves, for whoever practices sin is a slave to it. So, Roman numeral three. Freedom is not liberty to do whatever you want, but the liberty to do what you ought. It's not liberty to do whatever you want, but the liberty to do what you ought. It is the ability to do what is right, to do what is noble, and what is loving. Freedom is the ability to do those things you were incapable of doing, you had no desire to do before you belonged to Christ. Serving myself is a bondage I cannot liberate myself from. Serving myself does not satisfy my deepest longings. It isolates me from others. It puts distance between myself and my loved ones. That is not freedom. It is bondage. True freedom Spiritual freedom is the ability to love others as you've been loved by God. Freedom in Christ is the ability to forgive others as you have been forgiven by God at the cross. Freedom is the ability to forget myself long enough to serve my neighbor in love and to experience the joy and the satisfaction that comes from giving rather than taking. That is freedom, and that is what you and I were created for. That's the life God destined you and me to live. You cannot live for others until you believe in the one who lived and died for you. You cannot serve others until you believe in the one who serves you with his blameless life and with his innocent suffering and death. Jesus said, "'If the Son sets you free,' you shall be free indeed. Letter A, freedom results from knowing truth. And truth, I would put truth there with a capital T, because truth has a name. The truth is a person, it is Jesus. He's the ultimate truth about God, the ultimate truth about God, the final revelation of God. God came into the world fully human, not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That is not a self-centered life, it's the opposite. It is a life lived for the sake of others. It is a life that unites people. It is a life that reconciles people, and it is a life that you have been baptized into. Letter B, your baptism, and this is how scripture speaks of it, your baptism unites you to Christ's death and his resurrection life. And I quote from Romans 6. We are those who have died to sin, Paul writes. How can we live in it any longer? Well, let me ask you this. When did you die to sin? Was it yesterday? Last week? Well, we should do it daily, but we do it daily because God did it for us in our baptism. He goes on. Do you not know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus We're baptized into his death. See, baptism connects you to the saving death of God's Son. But there's more. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Baptism buries you with Jesus. It connects you to his burial. It connects you to his resurrection life. According to Romans 6, your baptism connects you to all of that saving work of Jesus so that you receive a new life, which is now able to serve others as you have been served by God. You're able to give to others as you have been given to by God. And you're now able to forgive others as you have been forgiven by Christ. Jesus sets you free from the greatest tyranny of all, Roman numeral 4, Jesus emancipates you from sin's tyranny. Sin's still there, but now it's got competition. It has a new life in Christ that you've been given. And that new life, by the grace of God, and by your continuance in his word, will prevail. It will prevail day in, day out. According to Scripture, your real problem is not political, my friends. It is spiritual. A self-centered life is a life of bondage, regardless of your politics. Only God's Son can liberate you from that. That's why Luther said, and I quote, anything that is not God's Son will not set me free. Anything that is not God's Son will not set me free. And there's a lot of things that, that you encounter in the world that are not God's Son. And if political freedom is the only freedom you know, you are still a slave to sin. The civil rights movement has been a long overdue blessing to this nation, but it is not God's son. And no amount of civil rights can liberate you from your bondage to sin. Same-sex marriage has been applauded, I think wrongly, by many as a newfound freedom, but it is not God's son. And if your concept of freedom is confined to social justice issues, then Jesus would say, you are still a slave to sin. Therefore, freedom cannot and will never come from within you. Freedom comes from outside of you. Freedom comes from the God who uses his freedom not to condemn us, but to free us from our sins at the cross. Freedom comes from the Christ who freely chose to go to the cross to suffer, die, and rise for sinners. My friends, Jesus Christ is the truth about God. He is the ultimate, final revelation of who God is. And when you believe that, when you believe that God, that God selflessly serves sinners like us, that revelation, that truth, changes you. It liberates you from self-centeredness, and it frees you to love others as you have been loved by God. It frees you to forgive others as you've been forgiven by God. And it frees you to serve others as you have been served by the Christ who came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Freedom is not liberty to do whatever you want. Freedom is liberty to do whatever you ought. That is true freedom. Because doing what we ought is not only what pleases God, now it is what pleases us as well. In Jesus' name, amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.